I, Malik the Maleficent, have seen fit to sponsor this pitiful podcast myself. As you know, Malik the Maleficent, who is me, is the most powerful, excellent, and handsome wizard in all the land. He is guaranteed to be 100% better than that Victor von Wolfhausen smile, and not at all genocidal. Malak the Maleficent, for a better tomorrow, briefly. All the tabletop role-playing news, we aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. Peter is still in China. Uh, I haven't heard from him, for, well, since he left. But in his stead, this week, like last week, uh, my good friend Shane Stacks is here. Hey, Shane from Shane Plays here, and uh, as always, Russ, thanks so much for the invitation, and thank also, you for coming. Uh, thank you, Peter. Uh, well, we're not alone, though, are we, Shane? No, we, we are have a not guest. indeed. I see two people on my Skype screen. Yeah, so our guest this week is Craig Campbell. He's the mastermind behind the Capers RPG, a roaring 20s gangster RPG, which we will dive into in a lot of roaring 20s detail a little later in the podcast hello craig hello look at me i'm talking to across the ocean on the interwebs it's amazing <laughs> through the through the magic of the aether and the electrons and skype what, what what the listeners don't actually know is all we've got really is two tin cups and a really really long piece of string but man i mean that's some good sound quality <laughs> yeah, where, where did you incredible where did you buy that string that is amazing. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was the swallow I had to train to cross the Atlantic. Uh, that was... Yeah, that was the hard part. The yeah. string was Do you know how many swallows I lost? <laughs> <laughs> well, African or European? <laughs> ah, yeah, it does there. distort Russ's uh, voice, though. He's actually German. Um, you, he sounds British <laughs> on the show, but the string throws it off. <laughs> so, so the string automatically German. attenuates his accent. I love it. <laughs> We have ways of making a podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a stereotype, and I officially apologize. I know, it's terrible. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed, Shane. I am. All right, should we do some RPG news? Well, since it's uh, the name of the podcast is... You go ahead and say it, Russ, because you've learned to just whip it right off the tongue. What's the name of the podcast? You want, me to, you want me to say the entire name of the podcast yes, twice in one I, podcast? I That's Morris's, Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, and it takes so long that the podcast is now over. I thought it was oh, RPG man. News. <laughs> no, it's RPG News Talk, isn't it? So no, no, asking, no, there's no news oh, in there. Oh, news, well. news is the website, talk is the podcast. Uh, okay, well, let's do news regardless. <laughs> in a bit of branding excellence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right then, let's have a look at the news. Let's have a look at the news. Uh, yeah. So, um, let's start with a little bit of charity news, a little bit of D&D news, a little bit of D&D news and charity news and critical role news all combined into one big smoosh of a, of a news story. Let's three do of, it. Three of your favourite things I can see, Shane. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so, you know Matt Mercer, uh, it was a couple of years ago, he created the Blood Hunter class for D&D. Yes. Uh, so he originally created it was when Vin Diesel was doing the promotion for that uh, what was the film he did The Last Witch Hunter Uh huh. something like that two years ago something like that and uh, they played this one shot with Geek and Sundry 
and uh, and uh, Matt Mercer from Critical Role created a D&D 5th edition class specially for Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that. that that got published on uh, the DMs Guild and got downloaded, I think um, it was 70 billion and 49 times. <laughs> yeah, that was the exact Give number. Take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and one. Yeah. And one. Yeah. And one. Uh, uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's now re-released it two years later, uh, but also it's part of a bundle for the Australian um, Fire Relief Charity. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so he's updated the class. So this is what he says. He says, uh, the original Blood Hunter was my first homebrew class, largely built around the demand for the D&D Diesel custom elements I made for the one-shot the design was initially messy and reactionary, and I've learned more and more over time. I found it necessary to rebuild from the ground up. So it's a brand new version of the class, and you can pick it up at DM's Guild either separately or as part of the charity bundle, which for the next two weeks, the proceeds will go to Australian fire relief efforts. Well, I certainly hope people uh, consider doing the charity bundle. You know, as, yeah. as we talked about last week, you know, it's just crazy over there. Uh, let's have a look at some more news. Let's have a look at some um, Woofrup news. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Uh, so, uh, Cubicle 7 have announced that the uh, Game Master screen is now available for pre-order. And they've posted some pictures and some more details about it, including the Game Master's Guide that goes with it. Which is a 32-page booklet. And it's uh, packed with uh, tips, tricks, and optional rules. Do do we know if it's enticingly designed? I'm sure it's enticingly designed. <laughs> Why would you design something in a non-enticing manner? I, I don't know. So, so Craig, you're you're the uh, frantic RPG insider. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, have you do you have have you seen this or are aware of this? Um, I, I have, uh, I actually happened upon it on EN World. Yeah, well, I mean, unsurprisingly, given that it's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, it, it is, mm. it is pretty. Um, they yeah, do, they gorgeous. do really gorgeous work. Does like, it show a depiction of the infamous or famous, however you want to look at it, goblin killing the first level character <laughs> with one blow? Uh, not on the screen itself. The screen is actually kind of a, a, a panorama of a of a world there's 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 characters in it but there's a lot of there's a lot of buildings a lot of sky a lot of uh bridges and and things going on it's like very very detailed it's it's lovely yeah i gotta say shane you know you bought the uh pathfinder one just for the artwork yeah yes sir i did i think i think this one beats that wow i'm gonna take a look then so Uh, yeah but i i hope the gm tip section on the how to gm devotes a paragraph to make sure to any new player you kill them immediately with a goblin once just so they have that story <laughs> just to so share yeah. yeah just so just they so know they can, the warning yeah. is grim and gritty yeah yes yes sir yeah uh, well i've got a description of what's in there so we've got the uh, it's a four panel standing screen um packed with rules tables and npca it's pretty much what you'd expect um there's gm advice on themes techniques and keeping players challenged and engaged that's definitely the goblin bit, I reckon. <laughs> Expanded advice on Warhammer core concepts, including combat advantage and motivations, optional rules to streamline large combats. That sounds interesting. And a bunch of new random tables, including doomings. I don't know what a dooming is, but including doomings, motivations, adventure seeds, and more. 
I well, I mean, anything that has random tables in it is automatically. I love, I love, I love a good random table. Mm. So, uh, and I, I like the idea of, of dooming somebody randomly. Like, let's see what, <laughs> let's see what doom is going to be <laughs> pronounced upon you. So, yeah. Oh, and uh, you know how we we managed to flail and mangle Warhammer last episode. Mm. So well, there's why not understanding Warhammer. At yeah. All. We just, yeah. we were all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're actually, uh, you probably know by now, uh, but Daryl clarified that uh, age of Sigmar is different from Warhammer fantasy. Yeah. So what did he yeah. say? He said, uh, there's Warhammer 40 K, which right. is sci-fi. There's yes. Warhammer fantasy, which is obviously fantasy. Right. And then there's Warhammer Age of Sigma, which is new fantasy. Correct. Yes. Okay. Well, now I, I understand. Yeah. I, I pretend to understand because I have to <laughs> because I'm on a podcast talking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you could just do what Peter does and just make stuff up. Yeah. Well, you see, it's actually powered by the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, there's a new D&D board game coming. Board game? A board game. Okay. So this was uh, spotted by uh, Dicebreaker.com, and they went along to the London Toy Fair, and they, and they, and they spotted this here, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's in a square box called Dungeons & Dragons Adventurer's Gate. G-A-T-E, hmm. not G-A-I-T, like a horse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or a caper. I don't know. <laughs> I never really thought about how my wizard walks. <laughs> I, I like a bit of a sachet myself. <laughs> I'm just trying. To, I'm just imagining, like uh, you know, that scene uh, with John Travolta walking down the street in um, uh, what was it? Staying what alive. It? Staying with the, alive. With the BTs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, well, a, with- that's a strut. Is what that yeah, is. That's a bit of a strut. Hey, strut. if I'm going to strut, I'm going to go all out Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 3 when he's... Yeah, baby. When he's like doing the finger guns at the tips. And in his mind, they're all like, ooh. But in reality, they're like, ooh. They got like, they suck the lemon. Yeah. Well, anyway, gates aside... Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, this this is described as your quick start, quick play entry into the world of D and D, and then it's it was in the catalogue at the same event. So the same event, not only does it have you know all the different items on display, there's a catalogue there of all the different things that are being um, shown at the at the toy fair, and the same thing is there but under a totally different name. This is called Dungeons and Dragons Adventure Begins. But it's got the same artwork, just a totally different title. So, yeah, I'm looking at this and I, I kind of like the idea, if I'm understanding it correctly, because a lot of the D&D board games are are more like, like this tile building. I'm randomly building tiles and then there's monsters and this and that. And there, there was a whole bunch of fourth edition based ones, weren't there, right. a few years back? Right. And they and were all compatible. I mean, they're really cool, but they're they're not exactly pick up and play if you have no idea of what's going on at all. This looks like a board game that introduces people to how to play Dungeons and Dragons, which I like that because I get asked a lot, you know, hey, we want to start playing and what's a good way to get used to the, you know, mm. concept. I've got, I've got neighbors down the road that their 13-year-old daughter wanted to wanted to DM everybody 
right? And 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 so I, I lent them my starter set, and that was a little bit too much for them. So yeah. Uh, so if this if this does what I think it, it looks it, like it's, yeah, a gateway yeah. product basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, I, I quite like the description here. Look. So he goes uh, with simplified concepts and fast paced gameplay. Players are set out to battle monsters, collect treasures, and not die. <laughs> yeah i love those die. games where the players don't die they're the best yeah. games the goblins in this game will not kill you in a one one <laughs> in a one shot yeah and then it's got these two symbols at the bottom so this is either for 10 or more players of age two to four <laughs> <laughs> or Two to four players of age ten plus. I'm guessing as, it's the latter. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I ha- don't have to oversee it, I prefer the. the I don't former. know if I could handle wrangling <laughs> ten plus yeah. two to four year olds to do anything, yeah. much less play a game. Yeah. 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 Well, that's just ten plus. That could be twi- That could be thirty. That could be fifty. Yeah. Plus yeah. is pretty open ended. That could be yeah, every toddler well, in get- the world. Yeah. When when it's two to four year olds, then you get bonuses on how well you chew the pieces and <laughs> did you shove which nostril did you shove it in? And... Oh, did you get experience points for that? Is that how it works? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Let's have a look at some more news. We might be done for the news. That's basically it. Oh, yeah, I have. It's not... a really slow news week. Well, since we finished the news, then that quickly. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we do a quick round of our favourite game in all the world? It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Oh, goody, goody, you know goody, 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 goody. <laughs> <laughs> this is an improv. This is an improv game. <laughs> you are. You are. You're, giving, you're going to give me a cue. Ever, ever acted excited. About I, well, <laughs> no, I love this part of the show. <laughs> it's an improv game. You're giving me. A, you're going to give a cue. That's the title of the Kickstarter, and you just get to run with it. It's great. So Fair here's enough. the thing: for the people that can't see the Skype, he not only did he say "Oh, goody, goody, goody," he sort of bounced. I did. And, <laughs> So he jumped up a chance of joy. He's truly giddy. <laughs> Fine, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Oh, then who would like to go first? Well, I, I am not going to deny a man <laughs> this excited. <laughs> his his first crack at it. You know, this is this is Craig's moment right here. <laughs> now, now I'm going to blank. Here we go. Here we go. You'll be fine. We're, we're, set, we're setting okay. it up too much. Let's go. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. All right, all yes. right, then, Craig. What is what is fungi fight for freedom? Um, fungi. I'm going to assume is as in fungus, but that's <laughs> yeah. boring. So I'm going to say it's two words: fun and guy. And it's about uh, it's about really ex- it, it's a role playing game where you portray really exuberant people mm-hmm. who uh, see all the positivity in life and have very difficult you know have a difficulty seeing anything negative, and they're out to um, to 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 free their people from the the iron heel of some terrible uh, dictator or oppression. Um, but in the process, they uh, they 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 never lose sight of their. Um, uh, their, their goal because they're always looking for the positive and everything and so um, the the greatest loss that they can actually and this this is built into the game mechanically is the greatest loss that they can um, 
suffer in the game is to lose that uh, enthusiasm and and have the oppression destroy them as, as they fight against it and try to to save everyone. Well, I am desperately making notes because that's a sketch waiting to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically the Care Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Or can you imagine a D&D game where everyone was just so relentlessly optimistic about everything? No matter what, no matter what the GM did or said. Yeah. Yeah. We'll use the power of positive thinking. <laughs> well, 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 Craig, um, it is, um, as, as, as I'm sure you, I'm sure you've guessed, not that, but it should be that. Because yes. that is awesome. If there's that any is, justice that, that in the is, world, that is my next Kickstarter now. Well, <laughs> if there's any justice in the world, they'll immediately pivot the existing Kickstarter. Yeah, but yep. um, you have uh, activated the special scoring uh, loophole. You see, uh oh, you're the first person to do this. The the optimism loophole. <laughs> you just scored a million points. Sweet. Wow. Yeah, that's it. Right. I'm out. Yes. It's amazing. You just won the showcase showdown. Good for you, Craig. Now what happens to my points? What happens to my points if I tell you that I actually know the designer and I know what that's about? And so I just oh. made up something else. <laughs> well, I never admit anything, Craig. <laughs> I kind of know. Well, in that about. case, in that case, because you refrained from cheating, you then get double points. You've now got two million points. Sweet. That is um, amazing. Yeah. I'm not intimidated at all. But, but no, go, ahead, go ahead. But go ahead with what's what's the uh, act, the Kickstarter actually about? Oh well, if you know what it is, you can explain it to us if you like. Uh, I don't. I don't know the details, but it's uh, I believe an, an adventure or an adventure set for endless realms. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we've got a subterranean city called Glitter Springs, and it mm. hides a terrible secret. As all great uh, subterranean cities do. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a lab. Very deep beneath the city's tunnels and streets. And I'm sure, assuming that's not a Labrador. <laughs> right. I had the exact same thought. I'm so like, the whole, game is, just, the whole game is just homophones. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all just, it's all wordplay. Yes. A banister runs down the stairs. Well, what does the banister look like? Does it have horns? Does it have a tail? <laughs> Why is it running? Yeah. Is there an emergency upstairs? No, that's a different version of runs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look where the actual fungi bit is in it. So fungi, the, the cover has a big picture of a, of mushroom-like creatures. I'm, I'm, like, guessing, it, I'm guessing that there are mushroom people there in the subterranean. I guess one so, way yeah. Or the other. yeah. I mean, and fungi is just a great word. Mushrooms or, or, well, or, or, since they're not, since this isn't D&D, I would assume that they're myconid adjacent, but not actually myconids. Something but it's Endless Realms D10 system, so it's not it's not D&D at all. It's not even OGL D&D. It's, uh, totally. it's, a, it's a fantasy game, though, yeah. 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 It's in the vein of D&D, but it's its own system. Well, apparently there's creatures that have been subjected to cruel experimentation and they finally awakened and are aware of their plight. Uh-oh. That's bad news. Oh, I think you, you play them. Okay, will they be able to use their newfound abilities and skills to escape the horrors of the laboratory? Yeah. Okay, I think you play the actual uh, creatures that have been experimented upon. Okay. Well, that, that's a fun one-shot or, like, you know, multi, multi-episode... multi uh Escape I, slash know, revenge scenario, essentially, it sounds mm. like. Not to disparage anybody, but speaking of mushrooms, <laughs> I think there may have been some involved in the creation of this adventure. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, are you ready, Shane? 
Yes, sir. Right, this one is called Monsters of the City. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that it involves both a city mm. and monsters. Mm. So what we have to do here is, is, is this monsters in the figurative sense, like people that are acting monstrous, or is it actual monsters? Uh, and, and I'm going to go with actual literal monsters, and I'm going to go with it as a source book for some game that uh, it's like a monster manual, but but monsters that you would find in an urban setting, like an urban fantasy setting. What you know, like uh, like if I were in Waterdeep, what monsters might I encounter? Kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to say that it's a generic fifth edition source book. Hmm. You are one hundred percent correct. That is wow. exactly exactly wow. what it is. So and it's a- I. Yeah. Okay. It's a book of 100 new 5th edition monsters, 130 pages, which are all city-based and urban environment. And it's 5th edition? And it's 5th edition. So uh, that'll give me, like, compared to his 2 million points, that'll give me, what, about 3 points? Are you going? No, you got, you got a good solid 10 out of 10 there. All right, 10. So you yeah, got 10 see, points. Watch out, Craig. <laughs> you know when you look in your rearview mirror and it says objects are closer than they appear? That's me right there coming at you. <laughs> that I'm, not, I'm not laying down for this. I know I know how this can swing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can lose those 2 million points real quick. Just ask Peter. <laughs> um, so this does actually have a bit of a description of a city and uh, there's okay. various districts. Uh, oh, so uh, it's an actual A city. There's a there's a specific city. Well, it's got a, a seven um, deadly sins and seven virtues theme to it. So there's seven districts in the city. Okay. And each district contains two legendary monsters that will represent one of the sins and one of the virtues, plus a whole bunch of other monsters, including demons, devils, celestials, fey, undead, constructs, and more, you know, a list of D&D monster types. All of them. And who's the who's the creator of the pi, uh, the Kickstarter? Uh, Coward. C A C A W O D. Coward. Coward. Okay. Cywood. Okay. Coward okay. Publishing. All right. And like, where are they at right now? Uh, on their. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just hey i just brought the kickstarter to the to the podcast don't ask me oh, for these details uh so they've got two weeks to go they've got uh nearly 450 backers they are at uh twenty six thousand canadian dollars and their goal okay. is thirty seven thousand canadian dollars so they're uh yeah it's gonna be a close one that it's gonna be a close they're, one they're in good shape yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll squeeze it in at the end. On the, that on many the, on backers, the they probably they probably have at least five hundred people following the project, and they'll convert a bunch of those. And yeah, yeah. they'll have a couple See, I, a couple I, of weeks I, of slow build, and yeah, they're in good shape. I told you that Craig was a frantic RPG insider. See, he's like, I know the Kickstarter. He knows how all this stuff works. <laughs> See, we're podcasters. We just pull it out of our rear, but you know <laughs> these things, Craig. I, I just like making stuff up. It's a lot easier yeah, than me too. actual news. Yeah, me what too. people don't I, realize is that my site has never reported a piece of genuine news in 20 years. I've made every single thing up. And but right, and but then when we put satire in in the fumble articles, people react to it like it's real news. <laughs> so anyway, next one and that is now going back to Craig, I do believe. Currently ahead 2 million points to 10. <laughs> 
hey man, our, that ten means something to me. <laughs> Those ten points were hard earned. <laughs> Shall we just call? Uh, shall we just call it a draw? No, with as giddy with as giddy as Craig was, I will I will willingly sacrifice uh, my my ten points or whatever I got and, and, and let him be cle- let him clearly be the winner. In that case, I declare Craig the winner of our favorite Woo-hoo! game in the world for all this week. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> he will treasure this memory always. That was fun. It is a fun game. <laughs> Glad you could make it for tonight's game. Glad to be here for a good session of horsing around. Huh. I've never heard of tabletop role playing referred to that way. Really? Yep, to each their own, I suppose. Oh, yeah, to, to, to each their own. Right, let's get going, shall we? Of course. Let's mount up, as it were. Uh, right, your wizard, uh, Equos, finds himself arriving in a small village. How, ma- and... how, ma- how, many, how many horses are there? Uh, what? Uh, how many horses do I see? Oh, uh, t- uh, three. Uh, yeah, you see three horses. Are they well-groomed? Um... Uh, you know, never mind. Small town like this, I don't expect too much. Right. So, uh, well, anyway, you need you need lodging, but you realise you've lost your coin purse. Probably that unsavoury character you shared a campfire with on the road. Hmm. Do I see any uh, general goods merchants around? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. I cast horse. Okay. Uh, been a while since I looked that one up. That's a fantastic spell. My wizard swears by it. Ah, okay, I, I got it here. It's handy, I'll admit, but how does it help you with your lodging? You've just arrived. Are you are you wanting to get back on the road? No, not at all. See, see there in the spell where it says the horse comes with a bit, bridle, and saddle? Yes. Well, I, I just pop them right off my shiny new horse and go sell them at the general goods shop. Uh, well, uh, yeah, okay, I, I don't see why you can't do that. Problem solved. That should be enough for room and board for at least a night in a hamlet such as this. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the next thing. I cast horse again. Huh? What? Why? Are you wanting to sell the saddle and stuff from that one too? Nah. I wouldn't want to be one of those players that abuses a spell. Uh, Then why? I, I just want some company for the first horse. Right. Okay. After watching your two conjured horses frolic the best of friends uh, what would you like to do well i'll tell you i want to trot right on over to the tavern to find adventure or you know perhaps i'll canter you notice some of the townsfolk they're they're taking an interest in you nothing sinister mind you just a you know a new face in a small village Hmm. in that case i'll prance on my way to the tavern on the off chance any fillies are watching all right, all right i have to ask are you having me on no, of course not. A stallion like myself has to look good for the ladies. One's gait is important. Yeah, okay. So uh, you head towards the tavern and... Well, look, I, I don't want to be a nag, but are there any fillies watching? I can't believe I'm asking this, but do you mean females of the humanoid or the horse persuasion? Both, preferably, but either works. <sighs> I can't believe this. <clears throat> Alright, there are two actual fillies, plus a half-orc female that's dressed like scullery maid, and all three are eyeing you. 
<laughs> you know, that half works a dark horse, but you never know till the race is run. Right. So as you uh, uh, prance towards the tavern, uh, you notice another person who's just entered town. It's that same unsavory character you shared a campfire with on the road. The very same one you suspect of stealing your coin purse. It doesn't look like he's noticed you yet, even with all the uh, um, prancing. Oh, we're grabbing this session by the mane now, aren't we? I have both of my conjured horses come get in front of me as protection. Can you do that? Yeah, it says right there in the spell, uh, the steed serves you willingly and well. But uh, how do you tell them without the... Oh, you know what? Sure. You hear their clip-clopping as they both willingly obey your command. Lovely sound. There they are, right in front of me. One might almost say astride me. One might, if one wanted... Okay, using my mobile double reinforced horse shield, I want to get within about mm, 40 feet of him. Uh, he, he sees the two horses coming towards him, but he doesn't seem overly alarmed. He's eyeing that same tavern you were, so, so you get within 40 feet. Are you wanting to cast an offensive spell? Yeah, absolutely. I'm close enough now that I want to cast... Yep. Horse. Huh? What? You've never heard of the pony pummel? See, the, the way it works is I can summon the horse anywhere within range. I want to cast horse about 10 feet right above him. I'll wager a sudden smack of thoroughbred bludgeoning damage will sort him out. You must be joking. Honestly, admit it. Nay. Let me see your character sheet, will you? Yeah, sure. Here. The only spell you have memorized is horse over and over and over again. Best spell ever created for the game. I've toppled kingdoms with it. They don't call me the equine enchanter for nothing. All right. Uh, here's the books. Here's my notes. You can finish this session yourself. I'm hoofing it. What a nightmare this session was. So, Roaring Twenties, 1920s, that's not the uh, 2020s, which are, no. which are a new type of Roaring Twenties, but the original, the original OG Roaring Twenties, uh, the 1920s Prohibition Era in the United States, and that's the setting for your, well, it's, uh, it's not a new game, but it's a new uh, card cover version of it, is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, I kickstarted Capers back... Um, Geez, a uh, year, a couple of years ago. March right? 2018. All, there we go. I have to, I have to yeah. date it at my fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> couple, couple, excellent. A couple of years ago, it, it, it fulfilled by the end of the year. Um, and all of the product for that was, you know, PDFs. And then we also had print on demand um, books via drive through RPG. Mm -hmm. um, so this, uh, the Kickstarter that's going now is to fund a print run. Um, at like an actual print shop on a printing press mm -hmm. to get like a, a, a higher quality kind of fancier um, hardcover book that uh, can be made. You know, obviously the backers who back for that will get that. And then it'll also go into, um, it'll, I can put some of those books into conventions and game stores yeah, and, yeah. And, ha and have 50 or so copies for myself that I can use to, like I can sell at conventions or I can give away as prizes for this and that. And yeah, I mean, print-on-demand stuff is fine, but when you get a proper offset print run done, it's really noticeable the difference in quality, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, print on demand. You get you know hardcover, softcover, a few different sizes. Maybe you get a few choices in paper, and then it's going to be a glued binding no matter what. And the the color is not too bad, but it's you know print on demand book is basically a, a glorified laser printer. Mm. Um, so the color can't be too deep or rich because it will smear. Mm. The, the paper won't take the toner. Um, so a printing press can can get a little deeper with that, and then you've got a lot more choices for paper and covers, and you can do all kinds of fancy stuff like putting, uh, you know, sewn in those those ribbon bookmarks that you can put in, and you can get printing on the end pages and inside covers to kind of make the, the book fancier rather than just having blank pages at the front and back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, presumably because the game already exists, people who back this will get... Um can get a pdf really really quickly and will actually get you don't have to design or write the thing so they're going to get their rewards pretty soon pretty soon after yeah, yeah the plan is um like a i'll have the the backer survey will be due a week after the kickstarter ends mm-hmm. um and that's so that i can get shipping underway um as quickly as possible for the book and also get all the pdf stuff to people who ordered for that so there, there's there's a backer tier to get just the uh just the book mm-hmm. That's kind of there for the people who have previously gotten the PDFs and whatnot. Um, and then there's tiers for other stuff. You're, you can get just the PDFs or you can get the book with PDFs and all that sort of thing. And there's add-ons for supplements and all that. Hmm. Well, I suppose we better describe what it actually is. Yeah, so get all capers, that. Capers. Capers. That's, that's the, capers. the advertisement. Oh, the yeah. advertisement <laughs> yeah. for, for the we Kickstarter talk, we, specifically we, we, is we talked about the mecha- out of the way. We've talked about the mechanics of the print run and we've talked about... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. all right. Uh, so uh, yeah, the Capers RPG. Well, how, how how would you elevate a pitch that one? What's your what's your what's your quick quick summary? Uh, it's a super powered RPG of gangsters in the Roaring Twenties. So you're playing, awesome. so you're playing uh, gangsters or uh, you know who who living in the Roaring Twenties, kind of the romanticized version of the Roaring Twenties, looking to build your criminal empire. Um, um, but you have superpowers. Mm. Or alternatively, you can be playing um, members of law enforcement also with superpowers um, with uh, looking to bring those uh, criminals to justice. Uh, the game uses a playing card mechanic. Everybody uses um, a deck of playing cards, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of standard poker deck with two jokers in it. Um, and the, the mechanics are sort of a single card flip at a you know, single flip uh, of the card at a time, uh, kind of press your luck mechanic where you're kind of gambling on your your trait checks when you're flipping cards. You're, you flip a card, do you want to stick with that one for the result that, that it gives you, or do you want to press your luck and flip another one to get a better result, potentially getting a worse result? Yeah. So uh, it's, this is like the time of what, Tommy Guns and Speakeasies oh, yeah. and all that sort of Bugsy Malone type stuff. Is that is that, is that, is that the right era? I'm a... Uh, yeah, that uh, for for people in the U.S., um, uh, you know, you, you probably at least know something about it from movies like The Untouchables mm. or from a lot of old, um, you know, like there's a lot of old uh, TV ser- uh, or, uh, movies, you know, Jimmy Cagney movies and stuff like that, kind of fall in that era, like the, the Prohibition um, or just after it. Um, and uh, HBO did a show called Boardwalk Empire a little while back. So yeah, it's it's uh, basically for those people who aren't aware, the in the 1920s um, in the United States there was a there had been for many years kind of a backlash against alcohol amongst uh, with with the government and with religion um, and with um, various movements, um, just you know uh, public movements within the United States, and eventually the, the United States government passed the Volstead Act, which outlawed actually created a, a constitutional amendment that outlawed. Everything about alcohol except imbibing it. You could drink it, but you couldn't create it. You couldn't transport it. You couldn't import it. Couldn't sell it. Mm. 
and what that had the uh, a, a number of effects. One, it created organized crime in the United States, which uh, kind of existed before, but it you know it blew up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you think of gangsters um, and uh, the mafia and things like that of the United States, that wouldn't pro- probably wouldn't be the way it is today if it hadn't been for prohibition. Um, organized crime exploded. And it had the added effect of creating more alcoholics than there had been before <laughs> Prohibition was enacted. When halfway through Prohibition, which lasted a little over 10 years, halfway through Prohibition, there were more speakeasies in the country than there had been legal bars previously. And there were less people drinking, but more alcoholics. Right, okay. More so, people so, so who the drink people a who d- lot. So the people who went out of the way to actually furtively drink were serious Drank about a lot. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they and didn't it, take half yeah. measures. They, if we're going to do this, <laughs> no, thing, we're going to do this. It was, thing. it was all full measure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it it created a um, uh, kind of a, a, you know, and looking back on it, we have you know media that kind of romanticizes that era of like you know, even though we want to think Al Capone's like really an interesting character when he was a murderous thug. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this game plays in that realm of uh, he's an interesting character. Mm. Um, although if you want to play it, you know, if you want to play the law enforcement side and play the criminals is very dark, you're more than welcome to do so. Mm. Um, but this is, and you have superpowers. Yes, yeah, so this is this is comic booky <laughs> as well, though, isn't it? So it's, oh, uh, very, very much. I mean, so. what sort of what sort of superpowers are we are we talking here? How how powerful are, is it? Like street level kind of little powers, X Meny type things, or have we got, have we got Superman of... flying around? Uh, well, there's, there's kind of, it's kind of street level to mid range. There's nothing super, super, you know, super. There's no super duper powers, mm-hmm. right? There's nobody that's going to control the minds of everybody on a city block. There's nobody that's going to spin the earth the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got, you know, your various kind of blaster powers for fire beams and cold and yeah. acid and all that. And you've got things that you can do to beef up your um, your your physical capabilities and transform yourself. There's minor, you know, there's telekinesis kind of stuff. There's all of your super trait abilities where you can, you know, increase your charisma or your agility beyond what a character can normally have in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and all of that comes with uh, with you know its own perks and advantages. Um, every power basically has a standard effect built into it. And then the, the powers um, have ranks to them, where you might have some powers, you'll, you just buy it once for one rank, and then you get the power, and that's all you get. Yeah. Um, other powers you can kind of build up with multiple ranks. And so when you take a power, you get the, the, the standard effect, plus you get three what are called boosts in the game, which are boosts are things that are kind of power adjacent that allow you to, they make the power more versatile or more powerful, or they allow you to do kind of related things. Mm. Like, you know, the cold beam, you can do the... You can create the ice ramp, you know, that oh, Ice right. Man yeah, slides yeah, around yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you can utilize those boosts um, in the game as well. And then as you rank, as you expand your character up with, and, and gain more ranks in a given power, you gain an additional boost as well. So, you know, as you go, you could, you could play two Ice Beam characters that both can create an Ice Beam, but they might have a different set of boosts. Right, yeah. Gotcha, so gotcha. they might have a different flavor. And uh, the, the way the boosts work, actually, just will hit on the mechanics, basically, the... the press your luck mechanic I was talking about, you basically have six traits like charisma, um, agility, perception, expertise, resilience, and strength. And they're all pretty much what they sound like. Mm -hmm. And each of them is rated one to three. They can be rated four or five if you've got the super trait ability for that that power. Um, 
And that number, one, two, or three, is your card count when you're going to make a trait check. You can flip that many, up to that many cards. Oh, okay, yeah. um, you also have skills that are kind of broad uh, areas of things that you're particularly good at. You might have a skill in guns or insight or athletics or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you make a, you, to make a check, you'll uh, take your, uh, your trait rating. Um, that number becomes your card count, and you add one if you have this, an appropriate skill. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that many cards to flip. You can flip one at a time, shooting for a target score that you don't know. The GM keeps that to themselves to start with. So, so let, me, let me ask real quick. Sorry to interrupt, but is mm-hmm. it like playing blackjack? Like you have to hit a certain number but not go over? Or how does it work? You're sh- it, it's, it's typical in that you're, just like wh- where you often see with dice, is you, you've got a target score that you're trying to attain. So you might need um, a nine or better to succeed. You might need a queen or better. To succeed with aces high. Okay. okay. Um, so that's the pip value is success versus failure, and then the suit of the card is uh, determines degree of success or failure. So you could flip a king of clubs, and clubs is the worst suit. So a king is successful almost certainly, but it's the worst suit as clubs. It comes with a complication. Do you want to keep that success and eat the complication? Or flip another card because you have the ability to do that mm. and try to get a good enough card. I, I like with that a better game show suit. element, kind of. I mean, I know we talked about prices right earlier, but I like that kind of. Do you want to keep what you have or keep going? Yep. Um, so is it? Uh, and, and it sounds like that it's easier to do all that with cards rather than dice. Like, what was the what was the decision to go with cards over dice? Uh, Did it just? <laughs> well, what happened was um, I was it, it was essentially a personal challenge. Um, I had done a bunch of freelancing for different for different games that used dice. I had created a game that used dice with mergers and acquisitions, which is the first game I made. And I thought um, I found myself thinking about like Deadlands in, in particular, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. games. And Deadlands, the original system, and even the Savage World system port version of it too, uses cards to an extent. Um, but I thought, well, what, what can I do with playing cards if I, if I did only playing cards? Um, and so I toyed around with a bunch of ideas about creating poker hands, doing blackjack sort of, um, drawing a hand of cards and playing the card you want to choose, just flipping randomly, all that sort of thing. I just toyed around with different ideas and hit on the idea of the, you know, you're flipping one card at a time and then, and then gambling to see if you can beat that mm. um, and potentially fail in the process. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a neat mechanic. Uh, I was just curious, is like, was it just easier to hit that success, degree of success or failure with four different suits and this or that with, you know, with dice instead of, I mean, with cards instead of dice. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just it, to, to address that real quickly, the yeah. cards have the benefit, the cards have a number of, of things that they do that dice don't, or at least don't do easily. Um, and that is every card flip has multiple values. Um, it has a pip value, it has red or black, it has the suit, it has joker or not, it has face card or not, you know, odd or even. There's a lot of different things you can do with it, whereas dice are more limited in that mm-hmm. respect. Um, and then on top of it, uh, the card deck has a history. Um, so oh, when okay. you start with a full deck of cards, you have an equal chance of pulling every card that's in there. But when you flip that king of spades, that king of spades is gone until you can shuffle your deck again. Mm. That's a success that you don't have access to anymore. Well, that would also lead to, uh, I guess, counting cards where you can't count dice, right? Like you could roll twenty five times in a row. But anyway, it sounds interesting. I'm not critiquing the mechanic. Oh, yeah. It just it sounds very counting cards is uh, is, a, is a big part of the game. You can do it for yourself. I see people do it for other players at the table all the time. It 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 
tends to make for a pretty engaging table because even if you, for example, Shane, are not one to care and pay attention to the, the what what cards you might have left in your deck, Russ right. might be. Russ might be paying attention, and you're you're deciding whether you're going to flip another card, and Russ is going, go go for it, go for it. You've got a lot of face cards left. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, and it and but, it will it will change the strategy of of play for certain types of players. Well, it changes, Some it changes the dynamic conservative. of the table as well, doesn't it? I, I would yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know that you're not against counting cards, but I love this idea of like people are at a convention and they're playing, uh, you know, capers, and and and, and this guy's doing really good with his dice or his card pulls and, and this guy in a suit comes over and he's like, uh, we, we need you to come with us because we've noticed that <laughs> go to the back room. We, we suspect you're counting cards, you know, and he comes out, he's like, it's his hand hammered or whatever. But yeah. uh, the other question I have, as long as we're talking about cards and dice is, is the character creation a point by, or do the cards come into play there? No pun intended. <laughs> um, the, the character creation is essentially a point by you start with a spread of trait, um, scores for those six traits um, and then how you score each of those determines some other things like the higher your expertise is the more skills you'll start with um, and then some of your defensive scores are based off of other things you know of those traits as well and then you, you'll, you'll start if you're playing a caper which is a character who has powers that's the game's uh, the game's title um, in, in, in the world of the game they're the, the people refer to them as capers mm. Because they, of capes, right? Uh, kind of. There's actually a story kind built. Of? There's a built. There's a okay. St- characters don't really wear capes running around. They wear right. you know fedoras and and flapper dresses. Um, but the uh, the setup is that um, there was uh, like the first truly famous um, super powered individual put on a mask and a cape and robbed a bank. Mm. And the um, the reporter who reported it referred to it as referred to them as a, uh, the, the event as a daring caper right. and the populace took that to mean they were talking about the person gotcha. yeah uh, and the caper term okay. just kind of stuck He's a the, way, the way okay, media buzz you know the way media buzzwords can kind of catch on so are all, are um, all, are all pcs superpowered in this or can you play non non-superpowered pcs you, right, you don't have to. You can you can play um, in the game. There are capers that are the superpowered mm. characters. On the other end of the spectrum, there are regulars, which are just your everyday people. They're probably not terribly fun to play because they're super killable. Um, because you're a superpowered person and you're tougher than than regular folk. Mm. Um, but then there's also a type of character called an exceptional, which is um, you uh, are, are a little tougher, a little more skilled, a little more varied in your capability, and you can you have access to a um, um, a selection of what are for, referred to in the game as perks that allow you to do some cool stuff that aren't specifically superpowers. Right. So you can play, um, you know, you could play uh, uh, the Batman character who just sure. you know has gotcha. has gotcha. has cool has, yeah. has 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 technology for the era um, at their fingertips and uh, has some some you know some just kind of cool abilities. Yeah. Um, there's actually even also like a um, an alternate rule system that's in there that you can um, invoke to you to uh, create what's referred to as trem gear, which is essentially gear that creates superpower yeah. superpowered type effects. So you've got the Iron Man version of the 1920s gangster who can have gear that creates the effects rather than it being inherent yeah. to their person yeah but you could also sort of play super just hyper competent characters so like, yes. uh, like uh, trying to think of an example james bond or someone like that or hyper sure you can play a character you can play characters and take perks like you know take perks that make your make you tougher to hit and make you lucky so you can uh do do cool stuff with your cards yeah. um and make you power resistant so it's harder to affect you with powers yeah so would you describe the feel 
of the game as more pulp or more comic booky? Uh, or does that depend on the group? Uh, you can play it either way. I think there was a point when I during during play testing when I was thinking of like I've got this superpowers, you know this this supers game that's set in the 1920s, and it occurred to me after a couple of rounds of playtesting that, no, I don't. I have a gangster game mm. where mm. the gangsters happen to be super-powered. Um, and so the idea is, like, the I built the game sort of to to support the idea of playing gangster stories, which makes which are kind of inherently, yeah, you, the romanticized gangster games are, or stories are pulpy. Um, you know, you, you've got kind of larger-than-life characters, over-the-top action, cliffhangers are perfectly acceptable um, in the game. Um, but if you wanted to get super comic booky with it and actually have people in capes and cowls, you're welcome to do so. Um, I, uh, you know, personally, like the, the book itself is populated with artwork of people in 1920s mm. era garb. Um, there aren't really people that look super powered, you know, or like right. in, in the traditional supers kind of sense. Yeah. They're not wearing um, like, but, uh, yeah. but why, but why couldn't you like, especially when it came to like, you know, you've got a special division of the, uh, the, of the, a bureau of prohibition that is specifically out to root out criminal capers and like you know they put them in capes and, and masks <laughs> that's fine with right. me <laughs> but no matter if it's pulp comic book or gangsters with superpowers the only way to really take a gangster gangster down is to get them on cheating on their income taxes <laughs> or mail fraud or how did they get capone was it mail fraud it was income, income, income tax evasion yeah. yeah was it yeah so yeah. uh so, so basically, it's 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 like you know you have the classic where the the car screeches up to the club, some guy kicks the door open and throws a Molotov cocktail in, but instead it's like he kicks the door open and he does like a flame burst out of his hands or something, right? Is yep. I mean is yeah. So all right, or or they have the ability to generate Molotov cocktails at will. And then just toss wallet of cocktails. Well, you could you could do that a few different ways. There's 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 no power in the in the core game that allows you to create an object out of nothing, but you can have like a dimensional pocket where you could store like a hundred Molotov cocktails ready to go, um, or you could or you could uh, just generate the flame yourself. Yeah, there's uh, James Bel Castro, who is a historic figure. He's the Mad Bomber of Chicago. He was Capone's guy that went around and blew up the warehouses and speakeasies of their competition. Um, in the game, he's been skinned into. Um, a fire user, a fire, a flame beam guy. I think if you could create nice. a Molotov cocktail out of magic, you'd probably just go the whole hog and create an actual grenade, though, at that point, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to stick with the theme here because Molotov cocktails were, were, were at least in movies were the way yeah, to go, right? <laughs> I've, I've noticed you've got a, a GM toolbox chapter and um, it talks a bit more about the comic booky side of things because you list here alternate earths and super prisons and stuff like that. You talk a little bit about what what we might find in there, right? Um, what what I did with the game initially was to devise it as like I'm going to make it as 1920s as mm. possible and not get too superhero-y, too comic booky. Yeah. Um, the 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 superpowered gear is an alternate set of rules, you know, that you can add in if you want to have kind of wacky super science. That's part of that. And then the GM's toolbox is a whole bunch of stuff that are like comic book tropes built to the 1920s game. So you've got alternate Earths. Um, there's an Earth where, um, where uh, robots, the, you know, the earliest robots have come into being. There's an Earth where um, there's been, the, the Great War was not a world war. Mm. It was a war with aliens um, that all the 
superpowered individuals had to help fight the aliens and that's how the world you know that was what the great war was world war one um and, and and a few others and then uh there's information on super prisons so if you want to take your uh, criminals to prison and have them have to fight their way back out you've got um a brief discussion of nemeses like how to de- how to create uh polar opposite enemies kind of comic book style and then you know a handful of other things like giving powers to animals and having um having a like any uh, a power event like a thing that you know temporarily or even permanently gives a bunch of people powers and how to handle that sort of thing where you'll have like you know events that take place in in the comic book world where suddenly a whole bunch of new people have powers you can mix there? and match what? mix and match those in is comic booky as you were talking there i literally <laughs> just backed it by the way <laughs> thank you Go congratulations yeah congratulations i do see that you've recently crossed your funding goal but for people that are listening a funding goal at kickstarter is a baseline you know and and that doesn't mean that the kickstarter is over by any means so you know please it, it helps in, uh, get the product out there and a lot of cases like stretch goals and stuff will add do you have any stretch goals craig um, I don't have any specific stretch goals for this, and um, there's the potential, like, if it does get a significantly higher, I might do something additional to the book to kind of improve, like add a little improvement to the to the hardcover. The, uh, the, the idea, like, the $8,000 funding goal was, like, kind of the bare minimum to get a print run done, and that would, right. be, that would require me to put some of the company's money into getting more units mm, produced right. as well if we get a little and as we get a little bit above that eight thousand, it means a little less, less money from um the company has to go into it and then if i want to add um any improvements i may you know I've, I, there's still a week or whatever to go so you right. know i might come across something that is you know, like not going to blow up the the, the cost per unit because now we're getting into the fun stuff about producing a yeah. physical book I mean, yeah, printing yeah, presses and, but uh, and stuff there's like already it's it's yeah. a it's a pretty sweet little book already with you know full color glossy interior and ribbon bookmarks and printed end pages yeah. which are we've i've already shared what that is what's going to happen is when you open up the book um the inside cover and the back cover that that in, that cover and that first end page mm-hmm. are going to be if you turn the book sideways it's going to be a newspaper oh okay. oh cool um full yeah. of, of of little story tidbits of like lore and, and mm. story seeds that you can use if only we could figure out a way to get when you do that for it to spin and then smack <laughs> against the screen. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so but yeah that that makes the point i was i was trying to bring up that a, when a Kickstarter is funded, a lot of times that's the bare minimum to get it mm. out the door. So just because a Kickstarter is funded doesn't mean that, you know, okay, it's funded. You know, it's like, no, if you, if you like this game, please support it no matter what. Uh, so the other thing, here's a stretch goal you could add if you get into this. You could add an, a, a, an appendix, Craig. Legit, we're, we're, we're blue sky thinking here. All right. right? All okay. right. Add an appendix full of all the swear words from Johnny Dangerously. Um, well, I could, I could add that to the current two page slang glossary that's slang, in yep. the game, in the book already. There's a, there's two pages of 1920s slang in the back. I, there, it, I could probably jam a couple more words in there somewhere. Call, call somebody a farging ice hole. <laughs> yep. Or was it uh, a good place? Does, uh, does that too? Does, oh yeah. Well, oh, yeah. a good place is. Son of a say, bench. Yeah, they say fork, yeah, fork and this and that in a good place. But a Johnny Dangerously, there's this classic character that every time he curses, he mispronounces <laughs> it. So he'll say bastage or farging 
or ice hole, you know, or cork sucker. He won't say <laughs> the actual yeah. word. Yeah. And, 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 and he goes, this is farging war. And then the newspaper spins out and it literally says farging yeah, war. Sure. So it's just a classic movie. Classic movie. I was like, going back to the, the Kickstarter, I just noticed at the bottom now, and I might have to adjust my pledge now because you've got some special themed playing cards going on down there. Um, yeah, I, when I did the original Kickstarter, there's a whole bunch of uh, kind of support stuff that went with mm. it. And so there's adventures and uh, like uh, GM cheat information and like a rules one sheet and stuff. But then there also we did um, paper minis and uh, poster maps of like 1920s locales. Because mm-hmm. surprisingly, there's not a lot of 1920s um, minis maps out there. No, no. <laughs> so you can, you know, there's minis maps like, you know, you can get the, uh, there's a, a uh, there's one for that's a house, uh, one that's like a two-parter that you put together is a big casino. There's one for a speakeasy and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, and then I also did um, themed playing cards through drive-through cards. It's just the the deck of cards is um, it's a standard poker deck um, plus two jokers, but everything's themed to uh, you know the card back is the the game uh, logo, and then the face cards are all NPCs from the game, right, and the yeah. jokers are custom. Yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing as drive-through cards. So you can de- you can design custom cards yeah, on yeah. a drive-through yeah. RPG kind of site. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or put, huh? I didn't even know that. I knew they had drive-through fiction. They've got comics too. Oh, yeah, there's a whole load of them, haven't they? Yeah. What's that? What's this Moxie deck then? What's this? Uh, you've got a capers themed playing cards, and separately you've got a Moxie deck listed. In the game, there's a resource that your character has that called that's called Moxie. Right. It's a it's a it's just a point pool. Um, that you will spend and earn as the game goes along. And you can spend those uh, moxie points to do a number of things in the game. Um, you can use them to get an additional card flip. You can use them to um, modify the, the narrative of the story a little mm. bit like you know, and have that player input. You can use them to prevent damage. You can do an, an, a, a few other things. And then with the moxie deck, what that is, is it's a deck of cards that you can, you deal, you can deal the cards out. Like, if Russ, if you had three moxie, I'd deal you three mm. cards. And you could spend any one of those cards to do any one of those normal moxie uses mm. in the game, which there are eight total but then each card is printed with a unique use for moxie as well so you could spend the card for that specific use as well um so it's a way to to diversify what you can use moxie for without it becoming analysis paralysis of having too many choices of having like 16 different things you can do we'll have eight core and we'll put these other ones on cards so you only have to worry about the cards you have in front of you I am, I'm loving the look of this. I've got to, I, I really like the idea of the cards. I love the idea of the sort of different dynamic that cards would give you. But I also kind of feel like cards are slightly more suited to the genre than dice as well. They're not. Yeah, they're no real pun fitting, intended. Huh? No pun intended. I mean, I'm not All a big right. expert on what sort of what sort of games went on in speakeasies. I just feel like it was more likely to be poker than a, than a dice game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Lots of poker. Well, I mean, craps was a mm. thing. Certainly, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the the playing card thing also fit. You know, I could do some interesting things mechanically, but thematically, it also fits the yeah, era very yeah, well. Yeah. Um, can you sort of like uh, give me an idea of what a typical adventure might look like? What sort of missions or what sort of uh, what sort of things are your characters likely to be doing in a in a game like this? Well, uh, there's you know basically anything that's um, geared that uh, you know geared toward gangster fiction um, that you can think of you can use that all as inspiration um 
you know, one of the ones that I enjoyed, that one of the adventures that's in there is called uh, One Busy Night. That um, I, I I run this one at conventions all the time because it's really easy to to, sh- to shrink it down or expand it based on how long you're running and how many players mm-hmm. you have. Um, and the characters are basically put in charge of a speakeasy yeah. by their boss. And it's the bad luck speakeasy. It's the place that has all the problems. There's just constantly, there's like a fight or there's like some scandal that takes place there or there's been a fire and they have to basically just try to make, keep the speakeasy up and running for one night when everything goes horribly mm-hmm. wrong. That does so it's, it's one, bi- one busy night. So there's, yeah, there's all sorts of, and the story, there, there's a whole story behind why it's all going wrong and um, you can, you can heist, heist adventures are great, stealing stuff from the, uh, from your rivals or taking out um, a rival uh, you know, warehouse or distillery or brewery or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you can go political with the game. You can get into kind of the, the political side of grift and corruption with uh, the uh, political figures or uh, with law enforcement because, like, for example, Chicago is notorious for the era mm-hmm. of being, you know, a very large percentage of um, police officers are um, on the take. They're, they're bribed mm-hmm. by uh, the various factions and that's what kind of makes um elliot ness and the untouchables so interesting is because they were untouchable because they were unbribable they were 100 percent honest mm. that was kind of the whole point behind that that crew of, of law enforcement of fbi um officials so yeah you could play it a lot of different directions i'm, I'm kind um, of imagining de- dealing with dealing with a rival that shows up trying to take away some of your business mm. i'm kind of imagining a guy Ritchie version of it now set in sort of 90s London with all those Cockney gangsters and all that sort of stuff going on. That could, that could be fun. Yeah, I see. I mean, the, the 20s era is extremely evocative and atmospheric, but, you know, it sounds like to me that, that you could put this in a different era, you know, if somebody wanted to. Uh, but, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the roaring 20s and the, you know, use guys and rub them out and, you know, the Tommy yeah, guns yeah. And, and all of that stuff. And Oh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a super, it's a super yeah. thematic genre. Yeah, absolutely. And time period. Yeah. So is there, uh, do you in the book or do you, do you kind of give a reason why suddenly people have superpowers or do you leave that up to the GM to kind of come up with that? In the, the core of the game, I don't, I don't explain it. Um, but it is sort of written into the alternate rules for the equipment that can be superpowered. Um, that's why I made it alternate because I was like, well, you know, if you want to have the science behind what's going on, here, here's the fake science that's happening. Um, in that there is um, a an element, a newly discovered el- element called trembium that is present in the bloodstreams in very minuscule quantities of people who have powers. And so it's that element that then can be manipulated to create um, uh, gear that will mimic superpowers and bend the laws of physics. It's that element that you can inject into someone to give them powers that you can put in a gun that creates, creates trembium waves that you can shoot at somebody to that, that messes with their powers or gives them a power for a, for a short time. There's, you know, all that science is there if you want to explore that. Hmm. Cool. Or you can just have people like, hey, look, they've got superpowers. Yep. Suddenly there's superpowers. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Very well, cool. um, I think we're kind of winding up a little bit now. So um, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on. And it's been, you know, it's been a real pleasure. And I've backed it now. Um, you've sold it to me in this, <laughs> in this last half hour. You've totally sold this thing to me. My appearance was worth it. <laughs> One more backer. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. No, it it uh, does. It sounds I awesome. I did want it's to. Really, really does sound fun. It, it does, and, and I wanted to. Pro- I probably should have done this when we first started talking with Craig, but uh, 
I, there's a there's a lot of information about him at nerdburgergames.com. Talks about Nerdburger Games titles. And he, Craig has done uh, a lot of freelance work for, you know, like Dragon Magazine, Dungeon Magazine, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and then and then Capers also won the uh, Judges Spotlight Award in the 2018 Bamfsies. Uh, he got the awards for the best in supers gaming. So, and, and as we talked, I think last week, Russ, the BAMF is kind of like is, is voting now. I think I don't know if it's still voting. Yeah, by is the it? yeah, it's, by the t- when yeah. you're listening to this, the voting has just oh, ended. Damn it! Yeah, damn it! But we did we did mention well, it last week. It's the, <laughs> hopefully, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the BAMFsies are sort of like. RPG awards specifically for superhero RPGs. So good for, yeah. So, yeah. Um, And the indie groundbreaker awards as well. You got one. I got nominated nominated for a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. For, for best rules and best art. I did not win, but that is okay because the two games that won best rules and best art absolutely deserve it. Right. Time to wind up. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. Craig, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been great to talk um, to you. You, you also win the, uh, Morris Award for the most giddy, uh, our favorite game in all the world uh, contestant. I've never ever so seen anyone that enthusiastic. About I'll, put that, I'll put that on the website and I'll put it on my business card. You want to just make it? We yes. want to make a little gif of that moment. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't recording so, the video. Damn it! I Damn wasn't it. either. I'm, I'm, wasn't ha- either. I'm, happy to, I'm happy to record with that if you want. If, <laughs> I'll make a recording of See myself. See in slow motion, it's like... <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Oh, have Next a great week, day, man. with a bit of luck, Peter will be back, and we'll be doing we'll be doing a, a, a little sort of live play of the new Starfinder Alexa app. We're gonna we're gonna sit over there on that couch. We're gonna put the uh, put Alexa down on the on the coffee table <laughs> in front of us. Hit record <laughs> and just see what happens. So I have to ask. Okay, so what would be like the UK version of the NSA or the CIA? Uh, MI6, I guess. Yeah. MI6. So like halfway through, all of a sudden, somebody from MI6 starts playing the game <laughs> with you. <laughs> Can I play too? <laughs> oh, that would be creepy. Or <laughs> <laughs> you just get this knock at the door, and there's these guys there in black suits going, "Can yeah. we play?" Yeah, it's like I laugh. Sorry, we were, just in, we, were, we were just Alexa in the van laughed. on the street listening, and we just thought <laughs> <laughs> this sound. This sounds great. Can we borrow your dice? We don't have any. Oh dear, dear. Well, anyhow, well, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind up now. So uh, it's goodbye from me, Russ, and goodbye from me, Shane of Shane Plays. And uh, goodbye from me, Craig of Nerdburger Games. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. This was a ton of fun. I got you enjoyed. Yes, sir. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. 
send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.